Welcome to the Bucket and Hoosier Show, the podcast that's all about community and competitive Rocket League. If you're new to Rocket League, it's a high-flying, fast-paced game that combines soccer with rocket-powered cars. It's a game that's easy to pick up, but difficult to master. And that's where our guests come in. We're talking about the best of the best in the Rocket League community to learn about their journeys, strategies, and tips for success. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, we've got something for everyone. So sit back, relax, and join us as we explore the exciting world of competitive Rocket League. Join us live Monday evenings at twitch.tv forward slash Bucket and Hoosier and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to catch past episodes. Be sure to hit the follow and notification button so you know when new content has been posted. Are you a hard-charging, fast-moving gamer who needs a quick and healthy snack to keep you fueled for those long gaming sessions? Look no further than Savage Snacks. Our protein-packed Amaze Bites are just what you need to crush the day and stay at the top of your game. Made with high-quality ingredients and designed to give you a sustained energy, Savage Snacks are the perfect snack to keep you going through intense gaming sessions. And with just one bite, you'll be hooked. So head on over to savagesnacks.co slash Bucket and Hoosier today to grab your own Savage Snack and get free shipping. Go be happy. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Wolfie Too Hot, the CEO of Godspeed Esports, an up-and-coming organization based in the South American region. In this episode, we'll be discussing some of the biggest challenges facing esports organizations today, including the struggles with securing funding, managing player contracts, and navigating the ever-changing landscape of the industry. We'll also be diving into some of the exciting developments from Godspeed Esports, including their recent LAN event and what it means for the future of Rocket League. So buckle up and get ready for an insightful and informative discussion with one of the most respected names in the business. Let's get started. (laughs) What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another Monday night edition of the Bucket and Hoosier show. He is Bucket. I am Hoosier. And as we always start out, because I didn't get to ask it last week. Okay, how are you doing? Oh, man. He is Bucket. That's I hope I wish everyone would say that to me. Um, <laughs> I'm good, man. Yeah, last week I was gone. I was out of town. I was in Montana. It's such a weird thing to go from Phoenix to Montana. Oh, I in saw Montana that. back to Phoenix. It snowed. Most of the time while I was up there and I brought a bunch of shorts and t-shirts because it was 60, 70 the first couple of days. I had, I have other stuff that I always bring just in case whenever I go, but right. Um, well, even back, like the day, I, the I day you went to go to leave. Yeah. The day you went to go yeah. leave, you weren't sure what you were going to wear because you were, it was snowing and you were coming back to what? 90 degrees. Yeah. So either way, I mean, you lose. There's no way <laughs> in that situation. There is no win in that situation. Well, you missed a good one last week. Um, I heard. Yeah, I had. I did kind of like an open forum of, hey, I'm just going to talk about stuff. If you'd like to come join, I had. I was in the Discord stage, and lo and behold, Jaysu had some things to say, and we sat there and broke down one of the games for Falcons. Actually, figured, was trying to figure out what happened in like their last game where they kind of just fell apart, which we found a couple of. I guess little mistakes there between the teams, but then we went to the last game. That game, uh, we went to Carmine Corp and Phase, the very last game of the entire Winter Major. I think we talked about that game in different situations for about forty-five minutes. Like it was a long time that we sat there and was breaking down what, like, 
what was Vatira doing and exotic and just it, it almost so many different like last plays. And then of course, um, at the end we did also, um, go figure out what happened to first killer and how did everybody end up in the same corner? Uh, but you can tell they kind of just went for broke on that last play and wanted to try and send someone down the field. And that's why everybody was cleared out of the goal, which just didn't work out for him in that situation. Uh, but We'll also wrap up from last week. We talked about Daniel going to V1 and how that's how we're actually him, me, JC and I were, were torn on it. Um, we both kind of have a feeling that what it, could you be torn about? We feel like it may not, it, it couldn't, it may not go well. My prediction is that tor, uh, com is going to be just a placeholder. He's just, he's just, so, he's a placeholder so for you spring. Think they're, they're still looking to finish to to round it off. I sadly think so. I think Com's in a very bad situation. It, it he's damned if he does, he's damned if he doesn't. Like I I almost I, I don't think they're looking out for him right now. Yeah. So well, the thing about that is it's like in any sport like you just don't want to leave it in anybody else's hands, right? Like you go out there and do everything you possibly can, then you're irreplaceable. And if they still replace you, you got to spot somewhere Right. So right. you have to just go out and do everything you possibly can to make your argument and your case just concrete. I could not have said it better myself. It, that, that's spot that's on. Um, but what uh, kind of where I was going with it is that the, the, <laughs> you're such an ass. <laughs> the, Sorry. Well, well, with everything that's going on with orgs right now in the state of money and, I kind of feel like after what we saw from Space Station last week of there's content creators they didn't sign back. Um, they sold off Daniel's contract, obviously. So they got money from that. I feel like FaZe could be in the same spot and the rumors are that Daniel and Beast Mode want to play with First Killer. And that's going to be a big contract for them that they, they need to get off their hands, I would feel like. But who knows how many years he has left on the contract. Yeah, there's... There's just so much going on with that whole situation that I don't know. Um, it, what did Jaysu have to say about it? Because I'm curious. We have some friends in the scene, but no one up in those upper echelon tiers of contract negotiations. Wait, we don't? Are you sure? I don't know. Are, do you know someone? I do. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I believe his name is uh, Wolfie Too Hot, and he's joining us here tonight. Wolfie, how you doing, buddy? Hey. Oh, I'm doing great, guys. Appreciate y'all for, for bringing me back here. It's going to be a fun one. No, we're That's excited to have you back. So you are, we, you've talked, we've talked with you before. You are the CEO and you run Godspeed Esports. Um, last time we talked to you, your team was out of APAC. And now you've yeah, moved cool. to Sam. Mm -hmm. So what caused that move? Well, we were kind of really looking at the landscape. I personally, it was the hardest decision to leave APAC. I, I am, since APAC is kind of where we started, that's where my roots are. I, I know all the players very well, but everyone told me, look, Godspeed's growing. Sadly, it, it, it's bittersweet. Godspeed's growing really quickly to a point where Maybe leaving APEC could be good for the brand and us return sometime in the future as a bigger org just to help the scene grow a little more. We, we tried our, we're doing our very best to really get that scene in APEC going, but 
we're, we're still a little behind there in, in terms of just support. And Sam just looked like that one that one region where the fans love them, the the, the commentators they they bleed that Brazilian colors, and we really wanted to be part of that group where we felt that it's a it's one of the top regions. We saw at this last major that continue to prove themselves, and it, it's a it's a good it's a good place to be at right now. Um, I would agree because that region. But last year at Worlds, we all... So the team from Complexity, they had already came over. We already knew, like, okay, that's a top team. But then Sam finally had their spots at Worlds, and Fury became a fan favorite really fast in that arena. And mm -hmm. the people who knew were already following them. Like, we had our... We had, already, we had talked to Wi-Fi prior to the Worlds, and he had already told us in... I definitely didn't 100% believe him. Um, but he said, he's like, those guys are really good down there. Like, you're, they're going to show a lot of people that that region can play. And they did show that. So I do think it's very interesting that you went from uh, APAC to what is kind of like a strong region in SAM. But it sounds like things are, are trending in the right direction for you guys right now. Yeah, I would say uh, in Gossip specifically, we're doing our best to to really continue pushing the needle on what an organization does. Uh, one, one of my favorite one, V1, they're an organization that really tries to put a staple into what the standard is in Rocket League. And, you know, it, it's hard to continue that standard just in, in where we are right now in esports this year. It's a tough year for us all, but I, I feel that, like you said, we're, we're, we're on the right up, but we just need to keep that consistency. Yeah, go ahead. Trying to compare yourself to V One, <laughs> like I no. Here's the thing: V One may not be a staple in all the esports community, but I think you hit the nail on the head there. They are trying to do things the right way, and they're really like at the head. Every time we have a conversation about esports and what personalities we like and the organizations and whoever we meet, they are always at the top of our list. We love a lot of the stuff they got going on and trying to. Uh, kind of mimic yourself after them or even go to as far as to surpass them i think you're on the right track with your organization too so hats off to you for recognizing how great that they're doing over there and trying to go for it so what is it specifically about them or that you think you guys are like what's your trajectory now that you've kind of moved over uh well I would say V1 after this past Worlds, I got I got lucky enough to you know be at that V1 party, talk to some of the great content creators, talk with the CEO of V1. Uh, I, I talked with Mama Com. I, I talked with a lot of the the personnel there, and they just have this hunger for Rock League to to grow it. They went, they are putting on parties uh, every morning uh, at that taco place right across the street. They're having that walk. They had a plane drive. Uh, like in the air, saving V1 never done. So I, I, I would say we're a little far away from that point. I would say maybe another 12 to, to 18 months, I, I would I would say. But, you know, it, it's kind of just the stepping stones and seeing how well they're doing with their content side, the content creators they have signed there. And it, it really is, that's kind of the, the standard where I'm going at. I'm not going to say where, where, where V1's at. V1 just signed Daniel. I, don't, I wish I had enough money to sign <laughs> Daniel. Like, be honest with you, if I could sign Daniel, I think we'll be uh, sitting pretty nicely here. But no, nonetheless, it, it, it's, um, 
it's a V1, I think, for all orgs right now. They're, they're doing it right. And everyone in the scene has to look at them and try to, to replicate it if we want Rocket League to be one of those stapled esports. We're, we're, all, we're not tier one yet. We can't lie to ourselves. But with, with the support of the organizations, that's how we overcome that hurdle and get to that portion where we're one of the best esports in the world. Yeah, that's uh, that that's gonna be a tough hill to climb because you talk about V one like they're doing all this great stuff and everything, but I literally just now, right before you got into Discord, read an article that they're even talking about doing a merger, and yeah. I didn't going through that article and shift. I didn't even realize that NRG has already done a merger. Like they brought in NRG brought in another organ to them, but it almost sounds like V one wants to go join and like take their stuff to a another org and not absorb yep. like and not absorb one themselves so um i guess that leads into we all know the state of the economy around the world right now it's not good uh it's yep. a struggle and esports definitely seems to be one of those things that is taking a big hit rizzo just did a big video on on a the state of esports of uh, esports organizations as a whole. Um, what are you seeing from your? Because you guys are a smaller org, right? So yeah, uh, yeah, we are. I mean, how? I, I all the big orgs are talking like it's hurting them. What's going on with you guys right now? How how are you guys doing? Yeah, right now, my my main focus is keeping costs at a, at, a, at a low. Uh, try to be as relevant as we can in the, in the esport. Be smart about who we're picking up. Uh, who who we're looking at uh, if we're maybe another region move trying to just see where, where it's viable but right now it's just trying to stay afloat you you got you got to keep yourself relevant but at the same time you got you got to be able to uh make sure your, your bank account's doing well and you know i i do feel a lot of uh, what's happening right now the layoffs uh with a lot of some great talent the people that shouldn't be free agents are free agents right now but I just think people are really trying to keep things smaller. Uh, you know, a lot of upcoming orgs like, like ourselves, we don't have a lot of people on staff, which myself, Neko, Odin, really trying to get this going, uh, as well as uh, Puma Strike. Can't, I can't forget about him, and as well as our content creators, Jay, Rainwater, um, Uncle Shay, and all them. But it, it really is keep it keep it small. Don't try to don't try to make a big splash this year. That was kind of my mistake at the, early on of when we going into Sam, it was just that big move. It, it's costly. You, you got, you gotta, you gotta do so much in order to, to get that prep for, or for that change there. And you really just have to find a way just to be smart about the decisions you're doing and not try to overstep where you're put into a bad hole. It's no, interesting. That, yeah. Cause I think about is the state of esports in a recession or is it just the the organizations who are taking the biggest hit because post 2020 i mean a lot of people were home a lot of people look mm -hmm. to digital things in order to keep them entertained or whatever and now some of that's kind of moving more towards getting outside and uh doing things that aren't necessarily digital so is it esports as a whole or is it organizations really taking the hit right now what do you what's your take from especially from being on the lower end of the spectrum for uh probably market cap and all that kind of stuff i, I want to say esports as a whole uh i haven't really looked too much into what's going on in the other titles uh, right now i'm uh, i am gung-ho on rocket league uh, but I, I really feel it's everybody right now. I, I don't think it's really organizations. No one, when I'm talking with sponsors right now, they're reluctant to really try to 
do anything, put an event on or just a, a regular sponsorship in terms of uh, helping out the org. It, of course, if you're a phase, if you're if you're a team liquid, if you're if you're power, uh, things are a little easier for you since you've been in the market. You already have those connections uh, in, in your back pocket in terms of uh, your reoccurring sponsors that you can continue to rely on. But overall, it's just nobody's really trying to do anything right now. Just so how how bad the economy is. I, I, I know I told you all uh, before uh, in the green room this year, it, it really is uh, is take a step back, try to survive the year. And then in 2024 or maybe the late 2023, things might pick up again. But it, it re- it's just it's just a whole different uh, ball game from this year. Last year, yes, people are going outside, but I think esports is growing. Uh, like like ourselves, uh, we have a lot of people who have never done esports, sort of start to look at esports, especially for the collegiate and the high school level, to really start getting kids more involved. So I think esports is growing, but companies just don't want to shell out that money right now, just because they don't they don't have it because they're still trying to make themselves afloat. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think it was Rizzo talked about. There's an there's a big name org that looked. It was rumored they're looking to possibly sell off sell off their League of Legends slot to mm-hmm. an, another org. I can't remember which which org it is, but it was to NRG. Uh, I forgot what org, uh, but yeah, NRG just bought that. Oh, so it's, it was... so it's CLG. CLG. Yeah, uh, that's who. The that, that, that's who NRG picked up. It? Okay, yeah, yeah. They told me that one. That's a huge acquisition. They said it was a half a million dollars just to get themselves in the ring there. So that type of money, you know, it doesn't come around too often, especially in esports. But that's that's a big title, and you, it, it, money talks. Well, it money does talk, and you kind of touched on it, which is another thing I wanted to ask you about. So, like today in traditional sports, in the traditional sports world in the NFL, Lamar Jackson this season has been holding out. Mm-hmm. saying he wants a full guaranteed contract and everything. And then we just seen today that uh, Jalen Hurts comes out. He is a quarterback. He's gotten to the Super Bowl, which yeah. uh, Lamar Jenkins has not. But his contract, you know, is uh, guaranteed in the first year, 130. And I think it bumps up to 170 in year two. There's a kicker in there. And the Ravens have, you know, said their contract to Lamar was 220, which I think mm-hmm. is like in reality – like a 150 in year one, the kicker comes in in year two, which would get him like two, 200 mil. When you're doing contracts for players, mm-hmm. are they this extensive or are they like flat contracts? Like, are are you, are, are you doing, because we have been trying to figure out like from Daniel's contract with SSG of, mm-hmm. and even like say like a first killer or a beast mode, these big players, how like, are, are you doing, multi-year multi-season or is it just like hey yeah you're on the team for six months and then we'll reevaluate well it really depends on the clause for some of these big teams they do go by season they uh but they're always always clause for dropping players and uh those of trying to get out of that but in terms of in terms of the big contracts right now it it really does depend because those salaries i actually but before you actually asked me to to come on i kind of googled what the average salary in north america is right now and it's about fifty seven thousand dollars for for one of these top players on Mm -hmm. average and that kind of just goes off what the percentage is what these teams are asking for so you know we're smaller we're we're smaller so we're not dishing out i I wish i i wish i wish i could put my pairs that uh, but it, it really is okay. We'll give you this much for X amount of the prize pool winnings, and, and the prize pool winnings, of course, depending on uh, uh, what they're what they're trying to get, is how we kind of supplement of trying to decrease that salary just a bit. 
in terms of trying to recoup some of that money off that we're trying that we're already paying because the players right now they want that guaranteed uh unfortunately our players didn't didn't get into that top eight where you're given a portion of of that we were on that top 12 so they, they wanted they wanted to have that security so you know us as orgs it, it, it i want these players to to, to play as, as much as they want Shoot, our players uh they got they currently hold the longest overtime uh, in South America history with 10 minutes, 41 seconds. Thankfully, oh, I cast that. It was against Endgame. So, you know, that's kind of... Uh, they, these players put their, their their lives on the line. They they do... They they B. Mendes, for sure. I was talking with Psycho, our coach. He said, uh, B. Mendes is out here pr- playing eight hours a day. He, he says, this is my full-time job, so I'm going to work a full-time shift. So it, it really is that back and forth of, all right, cool. I'm going to be giving you X amount for this off, the, uh, off your player salary for... A portion of what the price pool is, I, I, uh, depending on what the price pool is, we always have to evaluate how big the price pool is as well, uh, compared to what their salaries are, and it, it, it kind of is. It, it's tough because players always want to get paid. Uh, us as orgs, we we want to make sure we and we get a, a good deal in the sense of things are good for both the organization as well as the players. But it, it really, in my experience, hasn't been too intensive where players are saying no. Uh, it, we, we always try to find where that middle ground is. And sometimes there is a back and forth, sometimes depending on the team that you're talking to. But if you want that player, if you want that that team, I might this might bite me You'll, you'll probably, uh, in, in the future because they'll probably clip this and say, but if you want that team, sometimes you, you got to put that out there and say, all right, we'll, 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 we'll meet those demands. And you said Lamar Jackson right now. I don't know what the Ravens are doing. Yes, Deshaun Watson's contract <laughs> kind of uh, threw everything out the window. And Jalen okay. Hurts is that five-year so, contract he just got through. Okay, okay. So that's a great point because Rizzo has literally talked in that video that Rizzo put out last week. He mentions how because of the influx of money that was coming out last year and stimulus money that was just over, over the last two years, really, that um, in his in his uh, mind, the way he has seen it, he says that the market, the market is like inflated right now and that mm-hmm. there could be players. T- it's a Deshaun Watson <clears throat> situation in Rocket League. You got players that are like, well... Okay, hang on. I'll back this up because technically they're all under NDAs. They're not supposed to be talking about how much yeah. money they're making, but we know that information is getting out between the players. So that's got to be a real awkward spot for you because be like, ah, well, I go make I this this guy's making this much, and it's like, where do you draw mm-hmm. that line? Like, it, you're almost you're not only the owner of the org, but you're playing general manager as well. Yeah, it, that that line's really hard because um, I, I don't want to say I don't want to say names. When we were in APAC, uh, a lot of teams were saying, "Well, uh, this number one team is getting X amount of money. We feel sh- we should get at least this much less than them." And you're like, "Well, shoot, that's tough." Because APAC just got a big hit in their price pool. APAC right now, the the viewership's tough. So then you have to like think of think of all that uh, into consideration. Uh, but it, it, it's a, it's a it's tough to keep everybody happy and making sure it, it works out for both parties. Yeah, it's wild. Esports is, from what I know about it, a lot of traditional sports, they have varying levels of income, like a lot of different streams mm-hmm. of income, right? Like they have merchandise, they have uh, people come to their venues to pay the teams, they have sponsorships, they have all these things. And esports is mainly driven on advertisements. It's mainly driven on yeah. the relationships and sponsorships that you can get 
and that's that's where people have been like kind of tightening their purse strings right like mm -hmm. a lot of those venture capitalists or other things are are what's really making the orgs kind of suffer because they're not seeing returns on that investment i think personally and maybe you can piggyback off this but whatever sponsorships come in they're expecting some sort of return on their investment and if we're yeah. catering to younger players or audiences a lot of those people aren't going out and spending dollars like a 30 40 50 year old adult would when they go out to an nfl game right or whatever and that's where all that big money comes from it comes from people spending money and there's just not a lot of people there's a lot of people tuning in more and more and more and more but are they spending money on these products and, and enhancing the the game i think that might be kind of where the crossroads are do you have any take on that no uh, exactly i I have, I think, I don't know if I said this last time I was here, but when, as an esports org, it took me a while and it, it took a couple meetings with Neko Odin, our co-owner, to, to realize we're not, we're not an esports org. We're a media company. We're selling advertisements for Damn. the games. That, 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 that's, that's what we are. Like, it's that we, sponsors are sponsoring orgs because they want their product in front of eyes. And it, it, in esports right now, if you're not pr producing content, if you're not producing live events, if, if you're not producing online events, you're kind of just dead in the water. Uh, we, you have to find a way to bring eyeballs to you in order for them to feel that it's it's a return in the investment. Like you said, like, no one wants to give someone $100,000 a year to go pay for a team and they don't see anything from it. Like what mobile is doing with Gen G uh it is absolutely phenomenal i don't know if their gas if, if their if their gas sales have gone up for a minute but those guys are reportedly making like a, a grip load of money too yeah from what's yeah, count it's what has leaked out is that they're getting a grip ton and i don't understand a grip ton yeah, look that one up. That's a real number, apparently. A shit ton. It's a good metric. They are. No, they really are, <laughs> but they also they have that, right? <laughs> so it's an interesting sponsorship. I, I think that's a good one to point at. Um, I'm not sure either how that that's working out. I don't know either. That's because just my understanding of the whole thing. And I think that Wolfie hit it too. Like you have to be out there and you're doing that, right? Like you just did uh, a LAN or something yeah. like that. Like what was, what are you guys doing out there to keep your name going on? Because that's what it is. It seems like you want to get these people their return. Let's get our name out there, which gets their name out there. And this is what it is. Yeah, well, first land was this past Saturday. Uh, we had a, a great turnout. We had eight teams participate. It was at Starbase Gaming in Edinburgh, Texas, and you know it, it's the first land we've ever hosted. And we, in my, it, they had there was some uh, there there were some hiccups, of course, with just production technical issues. But besides that, it, it really is the players want lands I, I, to have a thousand dollar online tournament. Nobody really is gonna. It, I've I've had pushback from people saying, "Yeah, the top pl bubble players aren't gonna play, or the top pro players aren't gonna play." But if the thousand dollar land, and people are gonna come out. People want to be able to go to these live events. Like you, you said earlier, everyone before was in their house. Now everyone wants to go outside. Gamers still want a game, so they just want a game outside somewhere that's not in their comfortable setting. And in you have to be creative in that sense of like, okay, cool. We're going to be hosting these tournaments. And now, especially in my area in the real grand Valley, no one who Godspeed was now have like, Oh, what are you guys? Okay, cool. And then we were able just to, to grow that there. And I would like to Godspeed be the reason as well that the rocket league community here in my local area in the real grand Valley starts to flourish. And that's kind of what happened after that first tournament, people were coming out and, 
uh, something I thought was a little interesting. People were telling me that if it was a 3v3, we would have probably had two or three times more uh, participants. And we had one participant saying, I had two friends that were willing to fly down from Dallas. Uh, Dallas is an eight-hour drive from me to come participate in a $100 2v2, uh, 3v3. It would have been $100. That's how much people want this to go. So you know, it, it really is finding those, those, those little niches that you can really start getting the consumers and the fans attention to say hey we're giving we're giving you guys more than just an online tournament we're, we're trying to also be a brand that you look at as a staple in rocket league not just someone that competes in the pro series yeah that's that's nuts to think that someone was willing to fly down to mm -hmm. play in that because my brain goes to like there's the I know Vegas is such a bad spot for it, but they have the the esports arena. Like it's it's not a mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I guess I could say it is a good spot because you would think that you can entice parents to come. Like yeah, let your kid go play in a tournament. You can go gamble on the casinos. Like yeah, why not? Yeah, but it, go ahead. Oh no, I was say that HyperX Arena. I I've been there. I, I had a chance to commentate in there. That's it's right, an did. absolute amazing venue. They have arena seating. They had a stage full of. I saw. Uh, I uh, I I met Slayer, one of the CRL pros. He was he coached Bravado mm -hmm. last Worlds. He was there. It, it honestly, those type of places is what helps grow esports, and that's why Vegas right now is popping off as one of the one of the up and coming esports scenes. Is it really? Yeah, there's so many people that are moving out to Vegas right now, especially in the Rocket League scene. Bass for the Past is one man uh, in particular who's over there. A great up-and-coming caster has been performing at some of the top levels that there is. And that uh, eSport Arena, they host uh, they were hosting uh, major Smash tournaments. They host LANs every single day. Uh, I believe it's it's partnered or it's owned by Post Malone. So they have a big backer there. It's It's... It's huge right now, and I feel that what's kind of where we have to go to is move everything from online into uh, to offline, and I think that's what's going to help get to that next stage in esports, especially for Rocket League. So how do we get you in touch with like Tim the Tatman so that complexity in the Dallas Cowboys, they just open up a spot there in Texas to where people can come in and play? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, give him my email, gmail.com. <laughs> Uh, you can get my personal number. I won't. I'll, I'll send that in chat. I don't want. I don't want to get some <laughs> random calls from some fans right now. I would do it, Tim. If you're if you're listening, just jump in my DMs. I love you, man. But no, it, it's uh like uh, I think uh, they said in the chat, Te Vegas and Texas, especially right now. Texas has just been throwing so much uh, events, especially in the Austin area, up in the nor uh, north area, the Austin, Dallas, uh, Arlington area. It, those are starting to really explode in, in terms of where the scenes go and shoot. You have the Austin house with, uh, I think rolled is right now. You have Nolly in Austin. You got app Jack oh, in Austin. Yeah, you got Arsenal in Austin. You got G one in Austin. You got optic in Dallas. You have team accelerate in Houston, Texas outlaw in Houston. It, it, it's, there's so many big, big organizations right now that are around the Valley and a little, a little a weird little thing that I didn't know. Uh, until this past land i don't know if you all saw the pictures or the ads of who we were adding at at the uh, on our pictures but we had a special a special guest a special pro player that happens to uh show up there with his older brother to play the man plays for optic gaming and uh, it he goes by the name of magic bear oh magic bear yes wow. i oh Reddles, that would have been crazy yeah but magic bear local to my to the real grand valley me and him born in the same city crazy enough was just randomly there for a hundred dollar tournament and 
his mom was she was telling me and was something that really like touched my heart because it really shows you what these pro players she's like this guy's in his house all the time he's playing 12 hours a day the fact you threw this land made me so happy because he finally just left his room and you know they, they she was there she was wearing a magic bear sweater uh magic bear shirt that she made herself it was bedazzled it looked amazing his siblings were there his parents were there for a hundred dollar tournament we're not talking about the money at this point right like the online tournaments maybe because there's so many players across the nation or wherever the server is that you're having it on that can join that their chances go down maybe a hundred dollars not worth their their time and effort but you talk about regionalized or localizing this and then making it in person that this little bit of information is honestly like blowing my mind in the fact that these gamers who are in their house for 10, 12 hours a day playing these video games want to go outside and do this and show off in front of other people. And we only get to see it once every three or four months, four mm -hmm. times a year. Like that is crazy that you're able to get a reach from any lowly person who just wants to come out and check it out to a, a near top pro or a pro level player coming mm -hmm. out to check it out. This is this. There's something to it. And it sounds like you're really you're really hitting the ground running on this. Do you plan on doing more of this? Is this like on your yeah. radar now? It sounds like you're uh, getting a lot of good information. We uh, I, we impressed a lot of people on Saturday. Uh, we have a, uh, today kind of reached out to a couple people and I have people telling me now, especially just in my local area. Hey, what do we need to make a, a competitive gaming center? How much money would it take? The more the more items, the merrier. And I'm just like, oh, shoot. And I, they, they, right now, esports is just growing and people want to get behind it. That's why I'm like, it's just the market right now. It's not really people not wanting esports. It's more of just, just, there's no money out there right now. People are trying to get these these kids because they're starting to see the opportunities of uh, of the of uh, colleges having uh, recruiting kids. I, I got lucky enough to have two schools look at me for Rocket League. I'm, I'm not even the greatest player. I'm champ at best on, on good days. And. <laughs> They were like, we'll give you this much to come to our school. I had two offers, and I was like, I'm going to stay where I'm at because they currently just told me we want you to throw tournaments. We want you to start growing the, the scene. That's where my heart's at. But the fact that, that if those opportunities can go towards these other players, that's that's kind of where we want to do. I was talking to Magic Bear's mom, and she said um, uh, he has tons of, of, of uh, talks and offers from schools. He just hasn't made a decision just yet. And if we can go to these high schools or middle schools and say, hey, Let's start getting these kids into esports, especially Rocket League. Rocket League is such a, a a friendly game to come in. The the most violence there is in the demos. Some of these some of these schools don't want shootings. They they don't want shooters. They don't, they don't want violence. And Rocket League kind of fills that niche there. But uh, unless you're going to do Fall Guys, uh, which uh, you know I don't know how competitive Fall Guys is right now. But um, tune into Channel it, 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 Three on Twitch on Wednesdays, and you'll see how competitive it gets. <laughs> okay, nice. I love the plug too. Channel three. I just learned about that beforehand. They seem to be doing the right things, but no, man, it's it's. I feel esports. We're in a really good place. We just gotta we gotta weather the storm. God, you talk about that, just weathering the storm right now. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as Bucket. Like hearing that of, it, it makes sense. Like even I think when Bucket and I were growing up, traditional sports, you'll see people want to see kids doing things, right? And mm -hmm. if you can get your kid out of the house and doing something, being social, people will throw money at it very, very, very fast. And I'm almost wondering what's coming next because so we've seen the Saudi Arabian government, they have dove in head first and creating just an, a, a gaming part, like 
uh, it's part of their government, and they're throwing tons of money at it right now. Um, yeah. It, but it, it seems like that same motivation is there. I don't know if I want the U.S. government getting involved in it because that never works out. But the people, it, it seems like the people want to do it, especially if, if you're already having people come out saying like, hey, what do, what, what do you need? Like that, that's probably like the best thing you could ever hear when you go to try something is someone going, well, what do you, what do you need for me? Like what, what, how can I help? And you're like, Oh, I have ideas. And usually when oh, you go, no. I have ideas, yeah. people go, all right, let me hear them. No, it, we, we have a lot of ideas right now. And I, I'm, I'm blessed to say that because of how the tournament went, we're, we're looking to really continue growing this and you know, a thousand dollar tournament online. I hardly can get pros at that. A thousand dollar land tournament. I feel people are going to start going to it. That's and wild. I feel, yeah, no, no, no. Like I, I was part of a uh, melon patch league, uh, their first season. And with, I, I think we had a thousand dollar prize pool. Teams just didn't want to participate. They're like, it's not really worth my time. Some of the best teams, of course, we still got some amazing squads, uh, like prestige and, um, uh, shoot, uh, untamed. We asked, we had a lot of good bubble teams and, but some of these top these top teams, they want to go to that land setting. And I feel for the money to start coming back to esports, a lot of these bigger orgs will steal the idea. The more the more the merrier. We have to start throwing live events ourselves. Psionics gave us a 15k budget. That's the most we can go towards. Yes, uh, the gamers eight. It's a special it's a special occasion, but they couldn't go more than two. Even though we we're told it was gonna be three times the prize pool. But that's another talk for another day. Uh, but <laughs> uh, no, but you know, I, I think. I think right now we, we have the next step is throwing more more lands that, and that could be from anybody. Like the the online events are cool. It's it, the, the lands is where it's at, but it's just it just costs so much money. You have to take you have to think of travel. You have to think of accommodations for talent. How are players going to get to and from uh, from venue? Uh, how the uh, food budget's a little different uh, at venue. You kind of have to help with the food for both talent and player base. Are you all the equipment needed? The the renting the venue space. So it, it money is right now the biggest issue. But I feel if we, if people start going collectively and hopefully the merger merging doesn't really happen because I love seeing uh, organizations being able to flourish. But I heard like V one with Cloud Nine. I was like, okay, I, we'll call it Cloud Nineteen or we'll call it version. <laughs> oh nine, man, that's how Cloud Nine, nine gets nine. back in. I don't think Cloud9 <laughs> exactly. will ever come back. Like, okay, I could see it with the merger. Like, if it stays in control of V1, then yeah, technically Cloud9 comes back to Rocket League. But Cloud9, I don't th them as a whole, they would never come back just because of everything that happened leading into Season X, where mm -hmm. they didn't. It, they you could tell they wanted everything that I've read. It seems that they they wanted the franchise. They said we you need yeah. to franchise it, and Rocket League Sonic said no, we're not franchising. They they went okay, we're out. And I I almost wonder at this point. Is there a chance that there's Psionics is messing up by not getting out of the way? Oh, that's a tough one because franchising, like early on when I first started the org, I thought franchising was the way to go just because I wanted to assure that we were constantly there. But you you, you miss out on a lot of storylines. You, you, you really have to start you really have to just say things are going to be a little more consistent in terms of the players you see. There are no more real upset stories. You really have to uh, to to really get to that point of no, this team came from Qualls. They got into the Invitationals. Now they're now they're in uh, the, the main events. You kind of lose that a little bit, so the players kind of feel a little discouraged in terms of what's the point of trying if I know that I can't make it unless I'm picked up by one of these big orgs. 
and it's kind of bittersweet because I feel that could be a reoccurring a, a reoccurring um, a source of income for Rocket League or Psionics. Uh, that is, if we had to go and shell out a certain amount of money for us to stay in the league, uh, but at the same time, I, I I think some of us top orgs, you're you're gonna find a way to get some uh, the top one of the top teams one way or another, franchise or no franchise. Well, I think you almost have to start looking at it because. It, like you talked about, and I know Bucket's a huge fan, fan of the storyline. Like we've talked about how open we've gone back and forth on franchise versus open circuit, franchise versus open circuit. But name a team in the last in the last year that went through open quals and made it as far as they did. But that's now the team is now moist. That that's like it's not happening in NA. That yeah. that's for damn sure. There, there's no. I, I love all the bubble players. To death. I think there's so many good actual players, but I, no, that's such a playing that They're open outliers. circuit and doing that. The, just how much of a grind that is. That's so like you. I would be shocked if we saw within the next three years of a, a team in NA make it through open quals and get all the way and punch their ticket and stay in top sixteen. The only thing I remember, I think Team DVS did it. Uh, shoot, uh, Team Ignited, I believe their name, but they they were on, you know, they were sixteen fifteen. I think they they lost every once in a while in terms of uh, <laughs> if they got into that main event. So mm-hmm. it doesn't happen very often. It's going to be one of those lower uh, lower teams, uh, unfortunately. But it's it's so it's really tough. It's, it's really tough unless unless Rock unless Psionics is going to start doing something like RRS where they're taking care of the bubble scene again. Then I can see it as something viable, but there CRL. just has to be more avenues for players right now. CRL. That's what so, I was going to say. No, I, though, yeah, is, that's that's fair. The same thing. Like there has to be some sort of minor league system or way to upgrade the player base from, you know, intermediate to advanced to pro level. That's going to be the key, and how that happens is going to determine how franchising would even be possible well, because you need to find the talent, right? And CRL yeah. could be it, but maybe, maybe there's another level besides just re- relying on colleges to be the only source for that because you don't have to go to college to play esports. Yeah. Well, it, that's the, the, the issue right there too is in the, the players wanting to play in it. Like I, I brought up Melon Patch League. They just couldn't go because players, they didn't want to play in the league. Even $1,000, they were like, I'm going to play one, two games a week for four weeks into a playoff. And they were just like, that's too that's too much for the price pool. And I'm like, that's $1,000, it's $1,000, $1,000. Everybody's asking for something. We're giving it to you. But players still kind of just overlooked it and said, Ah uh, man, uh, I, I, I'm good, and it's gonna take Psionics' name for it to start going. Like Psionics, they're doing a heck of a job with CRL. Uh, they're they're really trying to showcase that, and some of the top players aren't aren't even in college. They 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 still trying to haven't made up their mind. And yes, that that could be a feeder system. I always like dreamed of like drafting. Uh, since I'm a, I'm a whole I'm yeah. a, I'm a, I'm, a <laughs> I'm a physical sport nut. I love football, baseball, basketball. So. For me, like, oh, okay, who's getting first overall pick? Is it Daniel? <laughs> is it Dan? Like, who, like, who, who is it? But it, it, it really is trying to continue recovering. And I, I know the the chat here. I know Ally is doing something for the bubble scene right now. But it has to be Psionics has to back it. Like, Psionics is not even backing WCB Women's Carball. Like, they're, they're nope. not even there. Yes, they're helping CRL, but it, it's just we're asking support from Psionics more. 
and it, it is going to have them really trying to, to to deep dive into like okay what what league is viable what league but at the same time they don't want to do that because now they're reliable especially with the whole i i don't want to bring it up the wcb issue that was happening when yep. when uh, they were getting bought out and you know psionics doesn't want to have their name associated with that in terms of the scandal and what's going on so that's why they leave it up to us to to kind of pick up the slack in that term but it's going to take a collective effort from everyone to make this continue growing and to to hit that tier one echelon because Rocket League's been out for five, six years. Now. Uh, what are we? I think we're like six, seven years into it now. And we're only getting better. 2015, yeah. So 2023, yeah, seven years. So we're pushing eight. We're, we're pushing eight. So, you know, we've been, we're not, we, this, if this wasn't viable, would have died out a long time see multiverses come in be the hot new thing die out we had uh we, we had uh competitive fortnite competitive fortnite that one i think is like the biggest case study when you want to talk about mm -hmm. is something viable they epic threw so much money at that they had literally the biggest event you could ever think of and they've never done it again but it's correlation right like psionics has to answer to epic and epic trickles down and says the esports thing doesn't make us money what makes us money it gets eyeballs on our game which buys mm -hmm. uh in-game content which gives us revenue which allows us to go do these other things so if fortnite was like the size of an elephant rocket league was the size you know of a mouse comparatively yeah. over that period of time so they're allowed to throw that much money at it because they have an elephant size audience looking at them as opposed to a mouse so you you can do those things when you already have the money there. So how do we get That's, Rocket League again, to it have all its... all ties back to that. Well, Rocket League just needs its Drake moment. There's got to be that, that, that moment where somebody f very huge and famous is all of a sudden playing Rocket League. I mean, we have a lot of NFL players, which I love them. They're fantastic. Mm -hmm. They're all great players, too. We've talked with a couple of them. Yeah, I don't just, think it's a viral thing here. I don't think that's what we're talking about. No? I think we're talking about a long road of continuing to do the right thing because every time I introduce someone to Rocket League, even my family members, right? Like on the weekends, I have Rocket League on, on the TV, in the living room, in the mornings, and they have to watch it because that's where we are. And mm -hmm. they start to get to know it and they start to get to care about what's going on. They start to comment on it and things because it's an easily digestible esport you can tell what's going on just by watching it you don't have to know spells and you don't have to know yeah. uh, all these other crazy things it, it just makes sense so yeah keep putting it in front of people keep getting lands out there keep getting tournaments out there keep getting more eyeballs on it and it's just going to keep on growing that's the way i see it no it, it, exactly it's it's the eyeballs at, like, like you said i remember being at uh, at the la major last year and i was talking to one of the janitorial staff because he just he literally he was just propped up on his room watching and i was like how do you like this He's like this is this is the greatest thing i've ever seen i'm gonna go home and watch more of this and maybe play and the man was like well into his 50s 60s so if, if a person who's never seen rockley before is able to pick up on it that's the one thing rocket league has to the advantage you don't have to know crazy mechanics you don't have to know like you said spells what do champions do what's this person's alt uh where are they on the map is this person peeking is this person doing this you just have to ball net good ball save good <laughs> and i i think the one thing that we need more from from orgs is branding on the pitch yeah, okay. I, I honestly feel wearing wearing uh wearing your decal should be mandatory. It, it's it's like if we watch the NFL and we and we saw 
shoot, I'm a Cowboy fan, sadly. And uh, we saw Dak Prescott go yeah, out there and just like, yeah, it's it's so it's it's tough. It's tough, man. <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about that now. I, I've been been like this for the last three years, but it, it's kind of like we have players can go and be like, oh, I've seen that logo before. Uh, yes, we love seeing the, these players' presets. I, I get some of my favorite presets off of what these pro players are, are, are putting out there. But if a team can automatically see that 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 almost that uh, decal on that car, it could help with fans being able to pick up on the game and having a favorite team a little easier because no one really has favorite teams right now. Everyone has a favorite player. Of course, we right. have our diehards there, but it, it is a it's this is a it's like the NBA. It's a star-studded league. Wherever that player goes. That's where everyone's going. Daniel to V1, space, everyone kind of drops Space Station like that, like that Woody doll in the meme and went straight to V1 there. So it, 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 it's tough. It, it's tough. I see my Space Station stuff in the back and I'm happy I saw that V1, the V1 thing. So I, it's, uh, I can bandwagon off of there. I, I have some merch, but there you it's, go. Uh, it, we have to find a way to brand these organizations more so the general fans can just say, "Okay, that that's complexity. Okay, that's phase. That's 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 V one. That's space station. That's NRG." Just right off the bat, and not have them guessing. Of course, we can look at the, at the score line, but even if you're rotating, the normal fans not going to know the difference between blue and orange sometimes, just because the decals. Like, wait, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? But if we automatically put the decals there, it it, it that brand awareness becomes even more. So I yeah, thought the same thing. Sponsorships like cars, right? Like uh, put like decals on cars. Yeah, well, they, they, yeah the they, NRG mm -hmm. there for a while. It was the general NRG. Their decal literally had the general on the side of it, yet none of them played with it. But I have kind of always said that as well. You came out with home and away decals. Make the players put them on. Let them yes. freaking use Bacchus mod when they're playing. I don't care mm -hmm. what they see. I want the people to see the damn decal. Like yes. it does, it doesn't it doesn't affect you. Just put it on and then do your box mod config. I mean, as we've learned from, I forget who was. I think JC was telling me about somebody was they that the players like before they go on stage, like they like remote it. They the, their stuff is already there. Like they preset yeah. it in the back. So there, you should definitely be able to have that. And it would, I agree with you one hundred percent. It would help a person be like, oh, which team is that? Oh, that's in our that NRG. It says NRG up there. Cool. I know. Okay, that team just put ball in net. Now I know. It, yeah, like that. That is definitely something they need to start doing. Um, Shub Zero in chat. Chat's been going nuts. We appreciate you guys chatting in here. Um, he asked, "Did you talk about the moving of players and limiting that?" I don't know what your question is going with that, but I mean, it's pretty limited right now. Uh, Wolf, do you think that there should be less movement? Is it? Do we have too much movement going on throughout the year? Look, I, I I'm gonna talk about APAC. Cause that's where we started at, and uh, the big okay. name was James Cheese. Yep, and th that was that was something that I was kind of like, no. When we picked up Paradigm, I felt that was the best team in the region. James Cheese kind of threw a monkey wrench in there, and you know, even the merger of the region was kind of tough. But I was kind of like, okay, it's gonna be fine. We're not gonna have to worry about it. A part of me was like, oh, we how can we allow two people from another region come into here? But the players loved it. And I, I, I started seeing that these players need this type of talent to come in here for them to be able to grow. They're, they're not privy to having the luxury of having NA servers in terms of how many SSLs or Grand Champs you can have. It, it, you have to have better players to come into these regions so they can show you what the bar is and for them to keep meeting it. And James Cheese, it's not like they were one of the top teams at the majors, even Gaming Gladiator, since they just went there. Sadly, we're still at the bottom, but in order for 
for play for regions to grow it's not a bad idea for better players to go and populate that region that's how it helps the local players get more experience i mean i'm glad to hear i i had heard that every i, I think i've heard i always kept kept hearing that everything was kind of on the fence on james cheese coming there but hearing your side of it and it sounds like everybody was more excited i mean no one really got into it until the whole uh ssa fiasco and those guys yeah it was, go, that was interesting yeah. well i mean that that was a different situation too right yeah. james cheese was moving over to play in the entirety of all three uh uh splits and mm -hmm. these guys were talking about going over and just playing in one which well that does yeah. that, that kind of makes it a little awkward you know it, it's i believe that was shoot i don't want to name drop i think that was a I was, I was thinking like who was that I think I oh we we knew about yeah, it. we yeah, had yeah. wi-fi in here dropping us literally wi-fi was like hinting at it the day before it all came out and we're like uh well this but, is gonna be interesting <laughs> but that's what the upsets come now think about it james cheese didn't even make the major they lost they they were everyone oh i'll bring out trill our old coach he said uh not until spring split is where James Cheese is going to get the uh, throne. And it happened in winter. So it happened one split before he, he thought. So it, it, it comes to that. These players, they couldn't hold a torch. I'm sorry. I, I saw the games. It, we, we look lost out there with James Cheese first. I remember I was commentating a game. Uh, Realize was on our backboard. And he waited for a long pass by Virtuoso. And just threw it down in our net. It was the most disrespectful, magnificent goal I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And it, it was just to wonder, like, okay, we're not there yet. But seeing how these players have been able to step up to the gauntlet and with James Cheese actually going out there and scrimming the players, it, it's been night and day to a point where now the players can say, oh, who's going to win this? Who's going to do this? Because it, it was the same thing the, the season before with Game and Gladiator. Everyone was like, we can't beat Game. And they're, they're the best team. No one's going to be able to beat them. That was, that was what the, the cold hard consensus was. When James Cheese came, it was that same thing. But again, teams that are the best will lose if it, if the players have that will and continue to work hard it might take them some time but overall it's only for the benefit of the region and the players competing in it makes sense <laughs> bucket yeah no that's that's exactly right and did you touch on here what uh shop zero saying that the teams that are represented in worlds aren't necessarily the same at the start of the season so is it a real representation of who the world champs are meaning you know you could take that a couple different ways but um it's the players making the orgs rather than the orgs making the players and oh, sometimes yeah, 100%. sometimes that gets kind of convoluted and it's pretty wild to think about that one player or two players can move around and then all of a sudden this one team is now a super team well re remember uh, for for a team to stay to have their liquid points for them to continue the worlds they can only be one sub uh, one person changing they have to have two-thirds of the original roster for them to keep it so yes you have sometimes teams kind of switch up but if uh him I, I think it was him police they got rid of two players uh out in oce they switched up i think they had hunter leave to power and they had one other player leave and their liquid, I think their liquidity points have to reset. So players understand the the consequences if they want to try a whole different type of uh, roster. But it, it really is one of those things where you kind of just have to say, 
Yes, some of these teams change as the years goes on, as the as the split goes on. But that's only to bolster the team. And yes, sometimes fresh, uh, like new faces, kind of change things up. But at, at the end of the day, you kind of just have to say that's it's it's like an it's like a it's like a regular season trade in, in any other sport. Yeah, we they may not this team may have been the the bottom of the barrel. They brought in a team, and all of a sudden they're a Super Bowl, World Series, or or NBA Finals contender out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I and I think a lot of us who follow it really, really close, um, we got, I think in a lot of the changes in NA and EU in just the last year, I, I think there were a lot more changes than there will be, I think, in the next like year or two. Like NA was nuts there for a little while. I think because everybody was still trying to figure out who is really like where is the status of of players right now who's really playing great with who um but it, it seems to be slowing out right now because even going into spring there's really there's been one one major move in 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 NA and if you go look mm-hmm. at the rumor list there on Liquipedia it's all EU like there's no NA movement right now um yeah. i guess it's so kind of a two-parter how 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 do you get it the stat, the the state of Rocket League uh, of RLCS, to where is it ever going to become where like the man like a a a manager is really controlling the the rosters or are the players almost always going to be in control of that? Um, and actually, yeah, go with that first. I got to try to frame the other one. Uh, players have full control. The manager is there to set up their screens, make sure they're practicing on a, on a consistent schedule, keep making sure the opportunities for them to grow are, are are there. But the players know better than anyone else on who they like to play with. And it, it, I, I've told we, we've had, I think, a roster move every single split on changing uh, at least one of our players. And I always tell the players, hey, if this is who you feel most comfortable going into uh, going into battle with on that pitch every RLCS weekend, and that's who you're going to have there. As much as I, there was a point where I was like, oh, let's go and get this player, let's add this player, and let's add this player. And the players were like, no, we we, we want this one. And uh, that's how, like, Hiryo, for instance, got on our team. There were ta- we, we had talks of suggestions who I thought would have been someone who we should go target. But the player said, no, no, no. I, I, he, he brings that different element to the team. It's not always... Uh, we've seen this online. It's not always about bringing, getting the best player. It's, it's finding the best fit for that team. That makes sense. I think the second part of my question was, uh, I just remembered it. Do you think you're ever going to be able to pull, like, is there ever going to be a, a top NA player that can be pulled down to say like SSA or down to Sam? Yeah, that's Sam seems more realistic just because uh, players like to play against good players. No, uh, as much as the players want to go and automatically have that spot. I think SSA is not going to have that until they're represented more, at least at the majors. Uh, I don't think a top player is going to want to have that miss out where they can only make worlds. Uh, so they would want that opportunity to hopefully make these land events throughout the year. But I think SSA has a tough one. But shoot, we had Flitz who uh, who was supposedly rumored to go to APAC and he uh, was at Gamers A, played for all mid. Uh, in some of the on all the pros uh videos for content so he's around there he plays for some of the best players and even if he i think we had gear just move over to apac too who just uh who's on the patriots now i believe it's ace uh gear and uh furlash is who i believe that that, that team is 
So we have good teams moving around, but it, it, it is hard to say there. Well, I feel like it's just getting to the point of everybody seems everybody's coming to NA. So NA is getting flooded right now with yeah. with top talent. So at what yeah. point? I think the the player base is finally getting to that age where there's an opportunity based on visas mm-hmm. and being able to leave home that we could hopefully here soon see like some instead of just like EU players and Sam players coming to NA, you see like a bubble in a player who is very good, just maybe doesn't mesh with some of the bigger in a other in a players. Like they're not, they just don't get along and goes down to Sam. And now all of a sudden you see them in, um, at, at worlds or a major. That's a, that's a big factor, but a lot of these players as, as, they also have to think of the finance. I, I remember talking to some players about moving to APAC and said, "Well, I I need you need to tell me soon because I need to withdraw from 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 university. I gotta I gotta move. How much is a flight? What's my apartment? I have no one that lives over there. So those are always the risk for some of these top players going. They're gonna be going for it, it, they're going for work. It, they're not going for play. They're there to go and grind out to try to make some of these land events that that they couldn't possibly do here." in North America. And that's because like, look how deep North America is. Our top 16, if you put Furia and Complexity back to Sam, those are probably the two teams representing the, the region there. Then you lose crew and team secret. And then you throw, let's throw Gen G back, uh, back to EU. And then you, you can start throwing these teams back into their regions and seeing how deep NA can get. But it, it's, it, it is a, it's a tough one for these bubble players because a lot of them can be very successful at the top of RLCS in these other regions, but is it monetarily viable for them to go do it? it especially with how big how big of a difference the prize pool is from just NA to to uh, to SAM or NA to APAC or SSA. So they also have to think of that. But at the same time, you're saying, well, I'm not making top six, uh, top eight. I'm not making any money. I go over here and I just make some money. But it's all the travel expenses, all the logistics, the visas that really have to take an effect. That's I don't even want to talk of, about visas. That's that's a lot of things to take into consideration. And not only that, but you're talking uh, second languages. You're talking mm-hmm. cultural barriers. You're talking to actually pick it up and moving somewhere where North America or English-speaking countries sometimes might be the easiest because a lot of people do learn English as a second language where you would really have to kind of go figure that out. But there's just there's so many factors. And then uh, Shop Zero, again, reading my mind here, I'm thinking, well, how do we increase the number of teams that are viable? Do you go from a top 16 to a top 32 across the world? And then you start splitting into regions in some of the bigger uh, already regions, like divisions, so an east and a west, um, uh, a north and a south in you know Europe and NA. And then you have even more teams available to come play. Is that something that would increase the competitiveness of it? Or do you see like now we're just uh, now we're just flooded with some really, really good top talent. And then we're just going to have all these players who really won't ever make anything. Are we at the perfect number right now? Cause I feel like the player base is widening. So the top pro level teams, the, the people who are that good have to start widening. Well, the only thing about splitting the region is that it, it's like it's like in any sport, NBA specifically, the East or the West conf- co- uh, Conference. You kind of 
at that point where you're saying once one conference is stronger than the other so then you start devaluing one conference over the other because like oh look energy uh g2 you you have gen g they're all over here on let's say on the on the east coast conference and the west coast conference you have probably like the the, the lower 16 teams uh, i i don't know so I, that that could be an issue where teams feel like oh you're not playing an east conference so you're not really as good as those guys over there okay then come I, over here and play me over over here well, then we're exactly in the regions too like na versus ssa versus sam so mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. And you break it down further. I think that's a really good point. Sorry to interrupt you, but I agree with you. No, no, and I think reading the chat, it's, it's kind of is like CRL. CRL already does that to a point where they're, they're splitting up the East and West uh, conferences from the colleges. So it, it, it's possible for sure. It, it, but I feel at the pro level, you got to play the best in the entire in the entire uh, the entire country. You, you really have to say you're the best in North America because then you have to say, okay, are you going to give two spots to each side so the four NA spots stay secure? Are you going to have a play-in tournament the way APAC did when they were APAC South and APAC North, where uh, the top two teams from each region uh, from each region have to go in and see which one made it to the major or to world? So uh, that, that's something that you really have to consider as there uh, there as well. Yeah, it's just, oh, there's so, like, there's no right answer. I no, think the no. thing that, that that's a kicker for me is that we didn't see so many teams that we wanted to see in the last land, right? Like, yeah. there's a lot of talent out there, and maybe we're just missing the mark because some of that talent can't make it because there's a finite number of spots, and maybe that spot needs to increase in some way. That's all I was thinking. No, for sure. Like Sam was one of the one of the one of the regions that we're all petitioning for at least one more spot. They're doing so well. Let's get a third play, a third team in there. So it, it's um, it, it's really hard to make these decisions, especially when you're when you're thinking about like increasing the amount of teams that go, or or maybe decreasing uh, depending on what the region is. So I, I feel there's a lot of catching up to do for these other regions before we can start talking about stuff like that just because how dominant right now eu and na i think every single major has been an eu na i think except for when falcons i think got second or i don't know if they won it i can't remember that one but yeah it, it, right now eu na still the, the two pillars and it isn't until i believe sam's going to be the next uh, the next team to to possibly make that jump into that top two but uh, you you look around the regions and you kind of have to just see who right now is a contender and who's a pretender Love that take. Uh, yeah, that's no, actually a very good statement right there at the end. Uh, yeah, that very that was a good little spin on that. But yeah, even like crew, crew. You talk about Sam. Sam is consistently getting to like these further in in the brackets than than Mina is. Like there, there's something to be said about that. So I could see them, but who do you, who do they take a spot away from? Because they're not expanding it. I, I would say expanding has to be the next thing. Uh, I I feel that we we start giving a couple more spots open there, and the lands get bigger. But you bring more players out there. Yes, you kind of. I, I say at least for majors. I, I think for world kind of keep the same but at least for majors you, you give more chances for players to have that opportunity because the amount of points you can get from a major can absolutely change the dynamic when you come right back to your own region to, to a point where you're you're so ahead in, in Liquipedia points or in RLCS points that it, there's no way that you can make it there. But if you find a way to like, okay, 
one more spot open, allow that team and allows for a lot more storylines, a lot more upsets and maybe some more motivation for players to really keep grinding out and trying to get to that top echelon. Yeah. See, like my brain starts going to like in a, you split it into two and you hold like a mini major between the two regions to see who gets their spot. And then like you're, you're doing that at the same time. You're creating more lands, more big events for people to see. Yeah. That's what people want to go do. Um, Reed saying, don't bring up yeah. LP points into this, Wolfie. We are different. What's he mean by that? I, I have no idea, honestly. Reed, you're going to have a DM or in the chat, which you mean by, I, I would have sworn the, the points are uh, the same, but I don't know. Reed right here is one of the top Liquipedia editors. Uh, so uh, top of North America as well. So he knows all the information when it comes to LP. So yeah, if he's saying they're different, they're different. Apologize, Reed. You and all cast on me too. So I, <laughs> he I, I was yelling. That, that struck a little nerve. Yeah. yeah Probably you... going to call me on my, on my cell phone later and be like, you're an idiot. Yeah. You're <laughs> oh, man. All right. So as we move into looking forward to spring, I mean, we still got a little bit of time before it even oh my gosh so much time it's killing there's, me there's such a big gap between all of it um oh. who kicks off first north america or europe or what's going on to sam so like what what's your guys's aim for for sam this spring so uh, right now we're still looking at the team. We just uh, released our, our team of psycho yand and b mendez uh but that's kind of all of us right now uh i know final form they just dropped parabellum just dropped so a lot of us right now are are taking a step back just because sponsors aren't there right now, man. I, I, I this is really hard when when it comes to letting go of teams, especially this the team that we just let go. They were they were there on every single game. They could have been one of the top two teams in my opinion. We lost it by just absolute one goal by hairs by opportunities that should have went in, and you know it, it it really is tough right now. But I, I would say right look look at Godspeed in the next couple next couple weeks or maybe the next month to make a a different move, different a big splash to really try to get there. I have an idea in my head that I think hasn't happened yet for any org in Rock League, and it might take me a little while to get it. But I, I, there is something that I see on the horizon that I will like us to be the first to ever do. Well, that's a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's talking a couple of splits because I'm hoping that uh, hoping it comes true. Yeah. But ah, uh, that that'll be that'll be a cool one. I I think uh, no one's really. Maybe people have thought about it. Maybe people haven't. But I I think in, in a little bit we should have uh, the first to do something as well. So you, like, like after Worlds or sometime in spring. I would say not not spring. It, it, it will it will it will take us a little while to do it just because of the 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 check marks we have to to, to fill. So I would say in the next year uh, we should be hit or be very close to that goal of where we where we want to be at. But it, it, it's going to take a lot to do it, and it's going to take a big mountain to climb, especially when it comes to uh, the regions that we're looking at. Okay. Um, nice. I. <laughs> So I guess another thing to kind of touch on is as we get past worlds and we kind of like what we're in right now, we're in a lull when it comes to rocket league. Um, the obviously part of growing everything is keeping it in a topic of conversation for people. Whereas like in traditional sports right now, we're all talking contracts and the draft for the NFL and who's going where and what's the money going to take. Do you think it ever gets to a point where I, I know legalities with, 
players under the age of 18 where, but do you think it could ever get to a point where we can start talking about some of this stuff or, or orgs going to keep that on lockdown to where that information is not getting out? You know, NDAs are, are, are very, very strong. They, they, uh, they do a lot. And I, I say players talk players for sure. Talk uh, how much they're getting paid and what the market looks like. But I don't, I don't see contracts coming out uh, at all. Everyone wants to keep that to themselves because they never know on who who next are going to sign, and that next person could ask for more or less. So by keeping on the down low, you can kind of have that that level of secrecy in terms of no one knows how much we've paid, so no one's going to ask for that number, or they might ask for more. Okay, all right, all right. Leveling out here, we know that all these players are signing agents now. All those yeah. agents are talking. There's mm-hmm. no way you're they're they're sitting in a room somewhere or in a Discord that is locked mm-hmm. down where this information is being shared. So yeah. I'm almost to the point of well, what's it hurt because we're we're already seeing it happening. I mean, it, it leaks out all the time and like oh this guy's getting that much. Every anybody that's gone on Rizzo's podcast has and Rizzo has said it himself. The players say it so. You're not hiding. Nothing's being hidden. No, it's, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not hidden, but it's just not out there. We we need our own version of Ian Rapp come in here and uh, really come and give us the inside scoops from a lot of these teams. Hi, I'm that person. Just send me DMs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I will uh, not name drop at all. I can promise you that. But then it, then that also goes when you say a certain team. There's only three or four of them. And now it goes like, okay, who on the team who did it? But it could have been someone random. It could have been a manager. So I, I say there's 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 so little voices in the Rocket League scene that know about the the ins and outs that mm-hmm. I it, it's going to be tough to have that level of secrecy in terms of who told you and who and who who didn't. Well, most most traditional sports uh, player base have like some sort of player union. Where all of these things become transparent, and <laughs> yeah. they can like play them against each other because you don't you don't want either side to have too much power. You said that other buzzword. Well, that's the case. I mean, it really is. That's that's how. Well, it I mean, works. They, they they did try and start a Rocket League player team. union. They're, really, I, I there's kn- no there's no league. There's no real right. under there's... a mind thing happening. <laughs> it's just a it's just a tournament. There's some organizations who don't have to listen to. There's no league for them to really respond to. It's, it's well, I would say players have all the power. Uh, we said it earlier, and I tell my players this. We are nothing without you guys. You make our org run in terms of getting our name out there and making us notable. We, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure we accommodate to your needs. But I, I, I think right now, even if there was a union, I think that would probably take away some of the power from players because... At the end of the day, players play for what you what they're wanting to get paid. So, and they're they're not really willing to negotiate, especially since they can. There is no franchising to where they can say we can be orgless and go and be a top sixteen team. Yeah, that, slippery slope allowing mm, the players that much power, especially if, like you said, bucket is not a league. It's just a big open tournament right now. It's it's funny, like Wolfie. This I I think what's funny to Bucket and I is that this literally has become like our mantra for like the last year that we always end up coming back to. Is at what point does it actually become a league? 
Um, yeah, I think franchising. I think that's where things get a little more power for the organization. My brain, like the spark of an idea right now, if I was Psyonix, I would be going to the NFL and figuring out, hey, how can we branch off Rocket League teams off your NFL franchises right now? Well, the Vikings, Minnesota Vikings, they're partnered with uh, V1. V1. I think mm-hmm. the Cowboys are partnered with Complexity. Well, Jerry um, Jones owns part of Complexity. Okay, there you, there you go. He owns part of the Complexity. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's going to take some of these billionaires to uh, come in here and start to standardize things. But until it gets to a point where there's a lot more money involved and a lot more eyeballs involved is when they're going to start really buckling down but we're kind of in the wild, wild west right now until that happens. Oh, man, that's wild to think about. I, my, my fear right now for Rocket League is with seeing everything. So we've seen many orgs do different things like Bucket talked about in the past, uh, a little bit ago about different revenue streams is the, the as much as I don't root for phase, um, just because I've I've never rooted for FaZe. I've always rooted for other teams. But FaZe right now, like we saw them, they were the one company that went and they tried to go the stock market route. Whereas like 100 Thieves, you know, came out with their, their drink and other orgs are doing different things. And it's almost like FaZe is in a... I think I saw FaZe Banks tweet out the other day, like uh, there's rumors of now corporate is getting involved with it. Like there's been people that are now in almost in control of that. And at what point do we all of a sudden see phase dissolve? And it's an org that was a staple that's had mm-hmm. big names signed to it. That is no longer here now. If phase goes under, uh, uh, it's it. Yes. They've made some, some questionable moves. They've, they brought in a lot, a, a lot of people, a lot of high level names to help promote their, to, to help promote their brand. But I feel right now with esports, it, it's going to be to the point where they're going to have to. The, the layoffs are important for orgs to stay afloat because you need a big team, of course, to be able to come in here and make things run. But sometimes things are becoming a little too overinflated, where there are too many uh, talented people in, I guess, the same building. Where it, it, at the end of the day, it's going to be the survival of the fittest. Who brings the most value there? But ah, uh, man, if a team, if a, if a if an org life phase goes down, I think we all should be worried because that, that shouldn't be happening. Yeah, I would agree. It, yeah, it, that would be a scary moment. I mean, it's already kind of scary right now hearing that V1 who the yeah. that they have the backing from and they're already talking about doing a merger. Yeah, I like guess it's. Oh, it's it's uh. It takes a lot of smart people to make up these decisions. I'm happy I can just watch from the outside in sometimes and be like, okay, that's how you're, that's how you're handling now, now I know for the, for the future. But when you have some of these teams that are talking about merging and, and trying to come together, it, it, it comes to a point where you have to say, how big is the check to cash? Like I, I, Jerry Jones said it sometimes. My hand doesn't cramp when I'm writing my checks, but... For us in esports, it, it, it's not to that point just yet where our fan base is able to really secure us. A lot of it is from uh, the competitive tournaments or what's fueling these organizations. We, we Some of us don't have millions of fans that are generational fans. Uh, think of the NFL, NBA, NBA uh, uh, that we have people who are great-great-grandparents who are fans of these teams. 
And you know, they've all, all all these other these big leagues, they all had their their time in turmoil. Uh WNBA right now, they're they're a newer league than the NBA and they're they're having trouble. A lot of people could say that about the product, but I feel in, in 20, 40 years that could be a, a different conversation where they're now making what the NBA is making. NBA is of course making more, but I just think we're just so we're such in the infancy stage of esports and where we are right now that it's going to take a long time for that stability to really start kicking in. I think I think that's what investors. or get it all the mm. viewers that they need or whatever the sponsorships are what is going to drive the organizations which is what's going to drive the esport um but i think rocket league is still on a, on a good trajectory when we have people out there like you people out there like at the top like v1 and everywhere in between who are doing the right things to get more eyeballs on who see the the benefit and the draw who are out there in the trenches getting things done i think that's gonna be what it takes to put rocket league over the hump and there's plenty of if you type in rocket league podcast right now there's a lot of them out there some of them have kind of slowly died some of them are popping up there's content being created outside of orgs that needs Mm -hmm. to get pick up more steam and and that's what's going to keep driving these things so do you guys also foresee like your organization kind of just weathering this storm and then trying to pick up more content creators or what's the like next step once you're like Okay, we've got a team. We're in competition. How do we grow from here? Do you have that like long term plan? Yeah. So for us, we we've been talking behind the scenes a lot. Like, I, we feel the next eight months is going to be a big content push for us. Uh, it it has to be. We've been neglecting that portion. We've been a competitive scene already for over a year now. We we did a heck of a job in APAC. We're doing a heck of a job in SAM right now. But it, it, it content drives uh, drives an organization and. I feel that kind of it's like what Pulse does right now. They they may be out of the competitive scene, but it's Pulse Clan. It, it, it's uh, Pulse has so many great content crea- creators on their on their docket that a lot of their revenue is coming from those videos those players are making and those content creators are making. So uh, I, I'd say content right now is kind of where a lot of us have to to really keep our eyes in and there that as much as you want to pick up great content creators, sometimes you got to do what you what you can for what you have and. I do feel like a lot of the layoff for content creators right now is just because these orgs probably want a fresh face. They want someone new coming in, and uh, they uh, we've we've they've been blah 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 words. They've had content creators for such a long time un, uh, signed under their contract that maybe they just want some fresh blood in the building. Makes sense. I I agree. I think content creation is is where it's it's going to be drawing from here mm-hmm. in in the near future. Like you said, it's weathering the storm this year. Um. But Wolfie, we can't thank you enough for coming on here and chatting with us. It was top notch. Where can everybody find you? What What are your socials? Well, ladies and gentlemen, you can find me at Wolfie2Hot underscore on Twitter. That's W-H-O-L-F-Y number two H-O-T underscore. Uh, I'm posting all there mostly all the time as well on the Godspeed uh, Twitch. Uh, I, I've been kind of, I've been, I've been relaxed days ago lately on my own, on my own Twitch channel. I've been really trying to trying to get Godspeed going, but you'll see me all the time on Godspeed's channel, Godspeed ES on, on Twitter, on, on Twitch. So you can find us there. We're throwing a lot of big events right now. We have a three V three land that we're, we're planning for the next couple in the next couple of weeks as a bigger land, actually first time saying that here for the summer where we, I have some interesting people talking about a, a pretty, pretty decent price pool. And hopefully we, 
we were able to do that because I feel that that could be something that people would want to go to due to the players and people that were, were, were trying to get there. That's awesome. I'm really glad to hear you guys are putting lands together and that they're panning out right now. And the fact that your team is now in Sam and not APAC, I might have to take you back up on an offer that you threw out to me last year. Uh, I, I I will have to look at my schedule and see what I why it can work out and uh, maybe get back into a little casting. Okay, I have a quick little shout out. Oh no, we will always have you on for casting. I I, I if I uh, I just saw something pop up right now that kind of made me like go wait, what's going on here? But um, no, it, it's absolutely insane right now. I I would love to have you on there. I would love to work with you, even if it's not for for the for the big the big events even if it's something small it no matter what it is i want i want to work with you i've been wanting to work with you for a minute now and i i feel that yeah, for both of you if you guys want to do anything we, we can always start uh, we can always start getting going there oh 100 i bucket's the one i have to bring with me he keeps me uh level-headed yeah well i make uh, you look good that too and sound good <laughs> But Wolfie, we we appreciate it, buddy, and we will definitely catch you next time. Oh, no problem. But I think I just saw Papa Rizzo just follow me. Papa Rizzo, you follow me? Oh yeah, Papa Rizzo. He's always in here. I, I've uh, I, I that's crazy, Papa Rizzo. If you follow me, thank you so much, sir. Jesus, I, I've uh, I'm talked to him. Oh no, I haven't talked to Papa Rizzo. I I, I haven't not yet. Dang it, we have to end a conversation. I think I saw you at Worlds. Not too sure, but I got to get that oh, shout yeah. out. That man's anybody you want to know? Actually, you did. You land. you did when I went get, when I ran out and met you at did, Worlds. Right? He was coming out and. Yeah, that, that I think that's where you had saw him at. Yeah, we we were on that little circle talking small world, but yep. no, appreciate both of you guys for for bringing me on, guys. Anytime you want me, I am here. It, it was not expecting my Monday night to be like this, but I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world right now. Oh, we appreciate it. it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Wolfie, thank you, buddy. We'll catch you next time. Love you guys. Thank you, man. Bucket. Well, that's bucket, the thing. Bucket. That's the thing, Papa Rizzo. It's okay now to be late to these things. Yeah. Why is you that? Digest our information so easily now. <laughs> we we have these videos live where you get to interact with us and ask the questions, and then we throw the thing on YouTube so you can go over there and check it out. But in order to get it in your car, on the move, during your first walk of the day, or when you're just walking over to the bar late at night, throw in your headphones. Put it on your phone, go to Spotify, look up Bucket and Hoosier, and there we are. You'll find us tomorrow for this episode. Bucketandhoosier.com has all the information you need to find all the episodes we've had so far. Go on to the audio-only forecast or our uh, format, rather. So go check it out. And as we wrap it up, who is that fantastic company that we've started working with? They, uh, they do those sweet snacks. Oh yeah, if you don't know, it's it's coming it's coming in big. It's coming in hot. It's savagesnacks.co slash bucket and hoosier. You'll get free shipping. But it they're little amaze bites, little energy, healthy, sit there, get yourself uh fueled up for your long gaming sessions. Savage snacks, they're super awesome, they're super good. The people that run that thing is are just super cool people. But uh check them out, check out channel three. They're our other favorite. Uh, partners that we work with they're always hyping us up they're always bringing us people they're always bringing us information and all those things combined really make us who we are so um, we can't thank all those people enough and as you're saying that i'm typing in the link wrong so no one click that first one 
Yeah, I don't know what that's going to get you. Sagavaje. Sagavaje. Savgavi. There we go. That's the one. <laughs> Just click the link, make it look like we know what we're talking about. Exactly. We uh, appreciate it. But yeah, what but yeah. a great, what a great uh, conversation again. So much insight. And then uh, I think there was a lot of information in there to unpack and then and go through. So if you want to be part of that conversation again, go check out that audio format tomorrow anywhere and then message us in our discord and we'll continue the conversation anywhere you want or tweet at us he is at sire bucket on twitter and i am mr hoosier with an underscore at the bot at the end of it so as always we appreciate you guys hanging out stopping by listening to what we have to say be sure to follow on the podcast apps as well and we will catch you all next time all right have a good one everybody i've said this before and i'm gonna see Channel 3 is the future. There's no platform like it. It's a place where you can post about video games and you know everybody cares about it. They are just as excited to see your post about video games as you are to post it. Finally, someone gets it. <laughs> Listen, if you're an up and coming content creator, you're just not gonna find a more creator friendly platform than Channel 3. What? Um, How? You're just not. You can review new games, old games, systems. You can make lists of your favorite games, least favorite games, backlog. Boom. They finally get the W. Everything is gamified. How much XP do I get for There's this? daily quests, weekly challenges, daily mini games. There's tournaments, events. <laughs> I can honestly say that it makes gaming more exciting than it's ever been. More Twitch! Oh! What? Wow! Holy Ever. That's all I'm saying.